Hi, everybody. David Leo Schultz here, if you don't know me, um, uh, in this little ragamuffin church group. Um, getting slowly started here. Uh, the day kind of got away from me. Um, hi, Josh. How you doing, brother? Um, anyway, I, uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little emotional tonight. And uh, <clears throat> I think it's uh, several reasons why. Um, I, and some of it's good, and some of it is um, my heart's heavy in some ways, and I think in some ways my heart is excited. Um, I think in um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna unpack some of it for you, and then I'm excited to share some from. Hey, Stephen, how you doing? Uh, hey, Air. Um, hey, Stacy. Um, so anyway, um, uh, whether you know it or not, um, whether you remember signing up for this or not, uh, feel free to, hi Leslie, uh, feel free to leave at any time, but this is, um, a page I started, uh, out of a, a ministry, uh, that I do, and for about seven years, we've been doing this ragtag ministry and have called ourselves, uh, um, different, uh, hi Julie, uh, called ourselves different uh, things, and we've kind of settled on Ragamuffin Church. And the reason we've kind of settled on Ragamuffin Church, um, it's funny, I had some good friends, uh, they're no longer working with me, but for a while they were working with me to actually try to name this ministry, and if, and if any of you were paying attention a few years ago, we had like a brief time period where we were naming it Ragamuffin Nation, and uh, hi Tom, how you doing man? Um, hi Brenton. Anyway, um, uh, so yes, uh, yeah, Brent's going to fall asleep to the sound of my voice and my emotional breakdown. Oh, that's, 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 uh, sounds about right. <laughs> um, anyway, here's my Jack and Coke, so forgive me. Um, this is how I fall asleep. Uh, can of Coke next to the bed, that's a true story. So anyway, um, where was I? But anyway, I uh, I told even a few years ago I was kind of feeling this like pushing and this leading to name this ministry Ragamuffin Church for whatever reason, and so um, which is uh, I which is I want to say yes and no to that at the same time. I, I think some of my no to that is maybe some of your nose to that, which is like this isn't uh, what you think of when you think of church at least uh, here in the United States, right? Uh, typically, if you, uh, like I'm an 80s kid, born 1980. So um, if you've grown up in the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, and maybe even 90s, you're used to, you, you, you probably grew up with church in a building, this and that. And so, um, so uh, you know, matter of fact, I, I want to say I was, uh, one of our investors on the Ragamuffin movie actually had this idea um, right after we uh, finished the movie together to start a digital church. And I was the first one to kind of go, that doesn't exist. <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, that's not real because you're not together doing the sacraments. And I was, I was really, uh, frankly, against it. And um, so that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is... I have just made the declaration many times in my life that I do not want to be a pastor. I'm not a shepherd. I'm not a pastor. I'm not pastor material. Um, I wouldn't even dare call myself a, a preacher. I like to talk. And I love to tell people that Jesus loves them. 
And, um, but I'm going to be really honest with you guys, and some of it's ugly. And that is, I really have struggled because over the last 10 years, basically I just got real burnt out with Christianity, with religion, with religious people, and and um, I just didn't want to, to be a pastor. Just I had my faith, but experienced so much bullshit from Christians and churchianity and Christianese and the whole thing that I wanted nothing to do with it. And um, also mix in, uh, I had some uh, moral failures, personal failures, ongoing struggles, struggle with codependency, struggle with suicidal thoughts, struggle with depression, struggle with all that shit. And uh, church often became an unsafe place to be and to go to. And so I just kind of wanted, frankly, nothing to do with the deal. And this is 2002. And then over the next 10, 20 years, kind of what I am seeing is um, uh, like like a, a, just I'm just even going to talk about from just my perspective. From my own friend group, who I went to college with, one by one, they started leaving the faith. And they started not... Uh, uh, saying, hey, David, I'm no longer a Christian. Hey, I'm David, I'm no longer a Christian. And you know me, I mean, for those of you that do know me, I'm like, hey, love, 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 but what's up, right? And they would often tell me that the main reason that I'm leaving the faith is because of Christians. And it broke my fucking heart, you know? Um, and <clears throat> those of you who know a little bit about my story, there were two times, one recently, one um, in 2000. Uh, it was either 2002 or 2003. It's hard to remember right now. I'm going to say 2002, that I myself wanted to leave, not become a Christian anymore. And again, I just want you to know, we're going to start having people in here that aren't just from our Christian tradition. But that's the tradition that I speak from. And that's the one that I, I believe in. And, and but whatever. <laughs> okay. So, but anyway, I was like, man, I don't want to be a Christian anymore because of Christians. Not because of Christ, but because of Christians. And I was actually fucking pissed. And I said this to God. I said, God, I'm so fucking pissed at you because I'm convinced that you're real. No gimmicks to that. That's just something I really said to God. Because I'm really convinced that he, he he's real. I'm really convinced that he came in Jesus. And I'm really convinced that he died and rose again. All of this, all of all of history and all of uh, human history here on earth points to the central event. I mean, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. And even apart from all religion, Christianity included, I recognize in myself, and I think this is a part of where I'm really thankful for my fucked up beginnings, because I had a father figure when I was nine years old. He was 28. He was a second cousin, and he committed suicide. He committed suicide on the weekend that I was supposed to spend time with him. I was supposed to go and spend the night at his house. He comes over on a Friday. He comes over on a Friday, and I had uh, my first cousins over. They were closer to my age, and he wanted to play with me. I went and played with him for a few minutes, some card game. I was really rude to him. He left, and he goes to kill himself. Later, I learn, um, later, it, it, were, I, I, it dawned on me that I was supposed to spend the night at his house. And um, so for years, I mean, I'm talking until maybe like seven years ago, right? And I'm 40, so way past college, way into my 30s, I still had this little inkling of a guilt, like I was supposed to fucking spend the night at his house that weekend, and if I did, he wouldn't have killed himself. The point I want to loop back around to is when I was nine years old, I immediately started having these adult, um, adult questions and adult 
uh, perspectives um, that there are probably men and women in their 70s that haven't started asking these questions. But I started asking the question at nine years old, what's the fucking point? What's the point, right? I started going, okay, so my cousin's dead and we're all going to die. And he wanted to be a famous musician and that's never going to happen for him. And he was an alcoholic and I just was like, what, what fucking matters? Like fame doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. Success doesn't matter. Uh, family, well, our family shit doesn't matter. Like what fucking matters? So I, from an early age, on one hand, I started struggling with like suicidal thoughts, depression, all these things. And on the other hand, um, hindsight, looking back in my life, I'm like, that was actually, it was actually a really healthy thing <laughs> that, um, that I had death on the forefront of my mind. Um, I, I, but it needed to be redeemed, right? It was, I was catapulted into this, um, what's really real, what really matters. And what I mean by what really matters is why get up tomorrow? I mean, as a nine-year-old kid, I was like, why the fucking, why get up tomorrow? Right? And I've never been able to explain it. I feel like I'm going to be fucking on my fucking deathbed trying to verbalize it for the hospice nurse. <laughs> right? Which might be in 10 years or five years. It doesn't fucking matter. Right? But whenever it is, I'm going to still be on my deathbed going like, I, I don't know how to, oh God, I don't know how to explain it except... He's here. He's here. He's really, really here. Right? And, um, and I still, and, and folks, here's what I, here's what I want to tune you into right in this moment, right? Just for the 14 people that are watching, that are listening right now, is he's really here. And I don't know how to fucking explain that to you. The closest I can come to is this. You know when you get that fucking feeling that somebody's looking at you and you turn and you look, whether you're at a bar or Walmart or maybe when you were in college or a creepy feeling, a good feeling, like somebody's like smiling at you, somebody's a surprise. We all know that feeling, right? You know that feeling? That fucking phenomena of this internal instinct of there's somebody looking at me right now. That's how I feel about God. He, she, whatever pronoun you want to use, is always there. And I, as a fucking nine-year-old kid, started experiencing God like crazy. Nine-year-old kid. I mean, that's why it's like, there's this piece of me. Um, my friend JB was helping me with my website, davidleoschultz.com. And um, I've started kind of you know, reorganize things. And I started writing out my history of like my bio of like ministry and this and that. And so much of it is so embarrassing. I'm just going to be honest with you. It was like at 13 year old, so I started a comedy Christian drama team. And in some ways I haven't stopped preaching Jesus since. And I have this at 40, I have this like embarrassing feeling looking back at it. Right. Uh, forgive me if I also take breaks to take a drink. The more I'm drunk, the better this will be. You should start drinking too. Unless you're an addict. That was a bad joke. Sorry. 
But I have this embarrassing feeling looking back at that. Going like, there's no such thing as like a 13-year-old pastor. Shut up. Oh, yeah, you were doing ministry. Oh, yeah, you had bad theology. And I was thinking about it today, and I was like, there's fucking 70-year-olds with bad theology today. Age doesn't matter. Matter of fact, I was probably better then at 13 than I am now. Because now at 40, I'm like, oh, God, what are people going to think? What are people going to think about me? But here's why. I, I, everybody's been so fucking real in this group. I, I need to be real, too. I have always known Jesus is real. But pretty much for the last, like, 18 years, I've really just wanted a career. So what I started doing is, but see, I'm still the 13-year-old kid, or still the 9-year-old kid that was convinced of Jesus, and then at 13 gave my life to him, and 13 always wanted to preach him. But when I fucked up my life, it wasn't even that bad. Honestly, I got my girlfriend pregnant, and and we ended up doing an open adoption, so I only get to see her once a year. But at the time, like, if I could travel back in time, I'd probably keep her, but it's just this weird fucked up thing where it's like I made the right we felt like we made the right decision at the time. And and now what I say is I 100% I, I feel like at the time we made the right decision with going with an open adoption. And I 100% wish I had my daughter back. Bad Theology would be the name of a great band. <laughs> but I wish I had my daughter back. And so, so since that event, right, of um, having... A kid out of wedlock, and that's why uh, somebody, uh, forgive me, um, I've started drinking, but forgive me, somebody mentioned, um, told their story about, um, oh, I think it was uh, Julie about uh, the abortion thing. Oh, man, I just wanted to hug her right there because, I mean, we were in the office about to have an abortion too. And I wish I could stand here today, and I've shared this, I think, at the last camp or one of the camps. The only reason I didn't is because, like, I for sure would have. I'm not, I would be lying if I didn't say that. I was just completely paralyzed. And thankfully, uh, uh, one of the women actually in this church group, her name's Lisa Pay. She, she likes a lot of stuff. She comments here and there. She's, uh, um, she's my hero. She actually sat down with the birth mom, my girlfriend at the time, and talked us out of it. And she's a part of this church. <laughs> whether she she calls it that or not but she came and spoke at our last retreat anyway it's just kind of a cool thing uh now that we're all family getting to know each other but when i heard julie's when i read julie's story what was it yesterday i mix all days and names and you know i'm bad at fucking spelling and grammar and all that shit um but anyway uh, but i got i got heart that's about all i got though um anyway i uh um, ever since then, I've just like been looking for identity, which I want to get to with you guys right now. But ever since then, I've been looking for identity, right? Because of pain. Because what happened at this crucial moment, and I, I want you also to start praying for yourselves right now, right? I want you to start praying about like, God, where's my identity? And I specifically want you to look at like, where are those, like picture yourself like, um, like, uh, uh, um, a tree branch, 
right? And so, like, if I cut off a tree branch right now, it would have, like, almost like blood vessels. It would have, like, lots of different, um, it would have lots of different, uh, vines, like, connect, that, that go into the, the trunk of the tree and connect to the vines, right? And so, let's say you had, like, just keep it simple. Let's say you had, like, ten of them, right? So, you got, like, ten vines coming out of there. <clears throat> well, you were like that. You don't just have, like, one plug. You're not a fucking vacuum cleaner, right? You don't just have one plug, and it's like, okay, now I'll plug it into Jesus. You got lots. <sighs> not to overcomplicate it, but you got a fucking lot, right? So what I want you to think about with your heart, with your life, as I, as I start unpacking my story. See, here's how I like to preach. I like to preach in a way where you start to tune me out and you start to tune into Jesus, and I actually would even prefer if you stopped listening to me and you started praying. Praying in that way of like, God, just show me. Like, Jesus, just start showing me. Holy Spirit, just start showing me. And here's the prayer I want you to pray as you start tuning me out and tuning into Jesus. What I want you to start doing is saying like, God, where are some of the vines? Where are some of the plugins that, that I'm finding my identity in something else? So this is me being really fucking raw and real with you guys. For the last 18 years... Like, even even at some of the best parts of the last 10 years, like, like I told you that story uh, in the last couple of weeks where I watched, like, 30 people, like, come to Christ in shackles and chains at a county jail, right? Screening at the church. Even some of the best points, like 1,200 people at the Wichita premiere of Rackamuffin. Like... We've done several jail, jail screenings. We've done several um, homeless shelter screenings. We've done, heard so many reports of like lives changed, marriages uh, um, um, kind of brought back together, father and son relationships, uh, suicide prevention stories, all this. Even through it all, I'm like, I gotta fucking make it as an actor though. <laughs> I gotta fucking make it as an actor. And I would go to, like, people I looked up to, like, all the time, like Rich's brother, Dave, um, Phil Anderson, um, who toured with Brennan Manning and wrote the afterword of his book. He's a mentor of mine. And I would just go to him flatly and go, like, I don't know how to do it. I want to do it. I really want to do it. I pray to God to help me to do it. I know the right answers. I could preach five sermons to myself about how I need to do it and why it's healthy and why it's good and exercises to try and I can't do it. It's something I still struggle with to, the, the, to this day. I have moments. Like I have moments where I'm like, Jesus, have it all. And those moments for me are like what I hold on to. Those moments for me are like um, lightning in a dark field. So if you've ever been in a rural area where like, cornfield in the middle of the night there's nothing around but then but then a, a lightning storm is coming in and, and lightning for a brief moment will light up the whole sky and for like 30 seconds you'll be able to see everything that's what it's like when for a moment my heart is like Jesus you're my one thing and all the plugs of my life all the vines from my branch are plugged into you you're it. You're it. You're it. So, even, so, 
I do three movies. We're doing the retreats. Like, I just have this thing after the last movie. I remember being on set. This is just, guys, this is just a few months ago. And just a few months ago, I remember being on set. And when we finished the last, I remember I was in Italy by myself getting, I had like two more shots to get. So it was like a great excuse to go to Rome and Assisi, Italy. And uh, I'm there. And I remember finishing these shots and be like, I never want to fucking do a Christian movie again. I mean, even if it's good, I'm like, I'm fucking done. I don't know why. I just was like, I think, I think I could read into that several ways. But one of the things that happened is I was like, if I do anything with my faith, I just want to preach. Like in terms of making movies, like I said, everything that I have to say like, which is pretty much Jesus loves you. Even if you fuck up your whole life, the whole way, Jesus still loves you. And then this last movie, which most of you haven't seen, is about, like, yeah, God loves you. But do you want to know what could happen if you fell in love with God back? If you, too, fell in the Grand Canyon of his love? St. Francis did. Rich Mullins did. Lots of um, beautiful uh, saints have, like um, St. Teresa of Avila. Julia of Norwich. Julia of Norwich said something. She's she's by far my favorite saint. Uh, Julian of Norwich said this. Um, she has the she has the prayer. <laughs> she had an experience with God that I I'm probably going to be after until the day I die, which is I heard it actually from Philly Anderson came to spoke, speak at one of our retreats and he said this quote by Julian, which was she was deep in prayer and felt God say to her, Julian, I know you love me so much. Um, ask me for anything and I will give it to you. And Julian said, but father, what would I ask for? I have everything I could ever want. I have you. I started sobbing like a fucking baby at that quote. And this is just 2016. Right, so this is like this is after two of the three movies I've, I've done in this Ragamuffin trilogy have come out. I go up to uh, I go up to Phil and I like my face is all a sobby mess and I'm just like, I want that, I want that, I want that, and I want that. And the reason I'm so broken is I'm not there yet. 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 And I want to be. I want to be and I'm, I'm, I'm here that's probably more of a confession than it is a celebration I, I'm not there yet so when you think of me ragamuffin church family pray for me <laughs> like I think, you know, when you've gone through something like uh, I've gone through or Julie, our, our beautiful sister, was so brave enough to share. And so many of you sh have shared horror stories like being excommunicated from church, being shamed for being gay, you know, uh, 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 you know, just being kicked out because you have a different theology. Like all this crazy shit, which should have never happened to you. By the way, all of those instances, I want you to know you were sinned against. 
See, there's something about ragamuffins when we go through like trauma, like we're the bad ones. So we're not allowed to say that, no, 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 you're, you're actually sinning right now. <laughs> I may have sinned, I may not have, it, you know, it's case by case, but I can sure as fuck tell you, you and your shame is sin. I'm not saying I'm doing anything right in the last month. Matter of fact, I would just prefer you to think I've done everything wrong. But I'll tell you what, Pharisees get a license to fucking shame and I'm over it. And here's the thing, like, here was the breaking point of the of a month ago of, of really what's like, I think God just knows shit's going to get done in the mess. <laughs> shit's going to get done when you break things. It doesn't make necessarily mean what you're doing is right, but it just means, like, when you really fucking fully surrender, I think God would rather have all of us fully surrendered in, in like, our, our flies down, our shoes are untied, like, like, we just woke up out of a bed, we're still hungover, we smell like cigarettes, like, we slept with 20 people last night in a gangbang. I'm not, I'm not even joking. I'm saying that, like, like, God used King David. Are you fucking getting this? He was a murderer, people! He was an adulterer! And God says, this is the guy after my own heart. We're dealing with a different God here than the ones we were taught in Sunday school. Are you getting that? This is a God who doesn't look at our moral performance. This is a God who looks past what Pharisee Christians see, what, the, what, what, our, what our pastors see, what the deacons see, and goes right into the heart and says, this is what I care about. How's this thing looking? I think God knows because we've seen this a million times in the Bible, and we've seen this a million times in the ecumenical church community, and you've probably seen it a million times in your denominations. Even though, yeah, we have lots of horror stories, and a lot of it was a horror, we can still see God constantly uses broken people who just show up and be real. Richard Rohr says it this way. He says, he says, um, God does not call us anywhere in the New Scriptures, in New Testament Scriptures, to be nice. He calls us to be true to our deepest self, and our true to our deepest self isn't um, well perfect, right? It's not um, perfectly moral, perfectly uh, loving, perfectly I have perfect theology. It's just perfectly real, right? So that's why you see time and time again God using real people instead of the ones that do have master's degree in theology, uh, over the ones who like, well, I've never had a sip of alcohol in my life. I've never, you know, any any uh, anything that's typically looked down on in Christian culture, right? In terms of like whether something's wrong or right or debated, doesn't fucking matter, right? It's like it's like God constantly uses the people that just show up and are real. Just it's just what it is, right? And so. That was the breakthrough that I had because, I mean, even up to like a month and a half ago, which I've shared this over and over by now, and I guarantee you if you're, you know, one of the 16 people listening right now, you've already heard this, but I was just at a breaking point where I was like, I kind of want out. I just want to pursue my career. And guys, I still am pursuing a career, but what's flipped in the last month and a half is I'm like, 
Yeah, I don't need it. And I, it's not like the first time, right? Like many times, pretty much my whole time since my whole life, I've been like, yeah, I'm okay. But you have to understand, before 22, I never struggled with it. Not in high school, everybody's like, you should start thinking about a career. I was like, nah, I'm just going to go preach Jesus. All throughout college, like I would just tour on the weekends preaching Jesus. Don't get me wrong, I was far from sinless. Um, I liked girls, and uh, girls liked me, so uh, I got myself into plenty of trouble. Um, But the point is, no matter whether I was... um, Christ, you're everything to me, or God, blink, I'm going to go do some shit. You know, whatever was going on in my life, I mean, the next morning, I was like, this fucking fire I have for Jesus won't go away, so I'm kind of fucked. <laughs> like, that fire I have for Jesus, which is the same fire I pray for everybody, but if you fucking get it, I mean, you're fucked. And I think that most of you have that in here. And if you don't, well, I, I, you know, this is me name dropping, but uh, I had cigarettes and pie with Brendan Manning, and I sat across from him, and I'm, I can't remember what I would ask him about now, but I asked him about like how do you progress in an area, mature in an area, or whatever, like how do you have the prayer life you have, or whatever, and he just simply said, pray honestly, pray ruthlessly. He said, pray ruthlessly, honestly, and and he, I was like, well, what do you mean? And he goes. He goes, so if your desire is to pray, say, God, help me pray. And if you don't even have that, say, God, help me have the desire to even ask you for the desire to help me pray. It's funny. These little things have have really been the markers of what has changed my life. And so ever since, I just fucking pray honestly. And I think it's really made the difference. Right? Right? Because there's nothing phony between me and him. If I'm like, fuck you, I say, fuck you. And I know some of you are going to have a hard hard time with that. The point is, is you have to be you. And program church teaches you, and you have to understand, program church isn't church. Church is just you and I right now. God's here. (laughs) Right? So anyway, um... Back on my honest confession with you, I felt like I still was like, okay, even a month ago, I, I had this like separation thing in my heart going. I, I'm not hiding anything. Like you can, you know, I joke that like you can Google me and Jesus is going to come up, right? But I did have this thing where it was like, I don't give a fuck what the Christian crowd thinks, obviously. Um, you know, me getting a job in a church is far from... Uh, a realistic opportunity. Um, and I don't want one. Uh, but in Hollywood, I have this like, I know it's gross, but this like fear of like, oh, I'm going to be too Christian. So I always joke that like Rich Mullins had that line where he said, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm too hung up for my pagan friends and my Christian friends are always praying for me. Is I've always felt like I'm too, uh, I'm, you know, too secular for Christianity, and in turn, and then I'm, I've got, I'm too Jesusy for Hollywood, and uh, so that kind of adds to the other feeling of like I just don't feel like I fit in. So I just kind of have this like, what do I do? And God actually started speaking to me before that kind of event that I told you through like somebody who's not a Christian, not anything, and. It was basic. It was actually like a business guy, 
And the business guy was like, just 100% be yourself. And it was just like a lightning bolt went off. It was like, and then I have that meltdown with God. And God told me the same thing. Where I was like, God, I'm going to fucking be me whether you like it or not. And, uh, and God's like, well, that's the you that I always wanted you to be. I was talking to uh, one of the, the one of the church members in here, and we were uh, members. We don't have members, but you know what I mean. Uh, the people in here in this group, and uh, we were kind of talking offline, and we were like, "Man, what's going on?" And I was, and and he straight up said it. He said, uh, "The move, it's the movements happening," and what's crazy is, like, I now I'm believing it. People have talked about this is going to happen. This is happening. And I kind of believe it, but what happened is, and this is God's grace, it's not just us, obviously, right? That would be so narcissistic. It's just happening with us. Like, we're, uh, <laughs> right? Um, but what's happening is, like, it's happening all over. And the reason I know that uh, is, one, I've heard murmurs, but I've also, like, these people that are, like, pretty much doing, having meltdowns, too, and doing what I'm doing, are like we're finding out about each other and like connecting and I'm watching them on social media and what they're doing with their crowd. It's just fucking happening all over. And I, I explained it to my wife this way. I said, I said, you have to understand that like this was gonna this was this was coming. And uh, and I was like, and I've learned this from women and men that are smarter than me um, who like have written books on this shit. And what they've said is that, like, this was bound to happen um, after the Internet. After the Internet happened, like, when people finally catch up, and it's sad to say, but Christians are always the last ones to the party, <laughs> um, is, is now we, like, I seriously, because I had an analog childhood, and thank God our children and our children's children won't, um, like I thought evangelical Christian theology was not only um, the whole enchilada, I thought it was the whole gospel, right? Not only did we have the only, like, not only did we have the right denomination, I thought like, yeah, but even if I went to, to Catholicism, yeah, we have different things, right? Like I knew about like, praying to the saints or whatever, or Eastern Orthodoxy, I didn't really know anything. I knew Pentecostals, spoken tongues, I knew blah, 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 right? But I thought at the core of all of them is the same bullshit that we, that, that we were taught in evangelical Christianity. And I know some of you are evangelical, and what I've also learned by engaging people is that like it's such a broad net term term that most people don't even know what I'm talking about, right? So, um, but here's the point where I'm going with all that. The point where I'm going with that is, I think here's the movement. The movement is, we're going to have to view the Bible a new way. The reason we're going to have to, like, pretty much, I don't know, you can go look on the thread on the Ragamuffin TV Facebook page the one that this group is connected to. And you'll see me, even though I announced I'm not talking to anybody, I started engaging one guy who's an agnostic. Some of you guys might have seen the thread. I swear, like after those last comments, I'm like, 
this dude is gonna actually Britain you want to go find that and connect with that guy because Britain was an agnostic you should go try to reach out to him seriously bro um, but anyway uh, I was like you know when you can just sense I was like this guy's about to like give his life to Jesus <laughs> and and all of it is he let he left because of bad theology he left for the reasons most of us left or most of us are in but go I'm rejecting this piece of it which is that God is a monster God <laughs> right um, that he's uh... and my wife and I were talking about today it's like it's just reason like we weren't allowed we didn't know even what reason was but we knew we were almost indoctrinated from an early age to go like you're not allowed to think Right, you're not allowed to ask questions. And I know that, I, I think I got a little saved from that, meaning my parents weren't Christians, right? So like, I went to my grandma's church until I was like 13, but 13, kind of, till I went off to college, I, I went to friends' churches, and I would ask questions. Especially, because 13 was that age that I gave my life to Christ, and even though I had experienced God constantly since then, I mean, I basically, when I say gave my life to Christ, I was like, no, I'm like, I'm going to start preaching nonstop. <laughs> and I didn't care to call it ministry. I didn't want a title. I didn't want anything. I was like, I just know I'll, I'll wash dishes, but I can't shut up about Jesus. And so, and, and funny, now I'm fucking back to it after, uh, after all these years. So anyway, um, fuck. Oh, I just started asking questions all the time, and I started, uh, I, I don't know his name, I'll have to look on there, but it's literally the only person on one of the threads that I've been talking to, Britain. Britain's asking me who, what's his name is. So anyway, um, but I saw it, I'd ask questions and they would fucking give me lousy answers or blow me off. And so even as a kid, I mean, I, I didn't know what the word, I didn't know what reason meant, but I knew that like, oh, these people don't want me to ask hard questions. And these are and these are questions from a guy who's like, I'm in on the deal. I'm in on this Jesus deal, but what about this? What about that? The Bible says this, and they kind of the answer. Which means if you can't answer something and you respond with a with like a blow off or bullshit, it means you also don't know. So it's curious why somebody, when you don't know, why somebody's afraid to say, I don't know. I mean, some of you are psychologists in here or therapists, so you can answer this better than me. But but even as a kid, I was like, like I, I'm pretty much a street kid, right? If you probably couldn't tell, like, was beat up my by my mom's boyfriends, grew up in a rough neighborhood, like, I'm prone to fight, obviously. Um, not saying it's a good thing. Like, I admit that it's not, but um, but being a street kid does make you a little bit, like, streetwise. So you're like, what the fuck you hiding, dude? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, as a kid, I would always find it strange that these, like, pastors and preachers, like, weren't humble enough to say, like, I don't know. Right? Um, and so it just made me, it just for, like, a street kid, it just made me go, like, oh, what? You're, you're afraid of something. Like, you got to lie. That means you're afraid. <laughs> right so but I just you know 
um, even though I was in the Reformed mix for a long time, I stumbled into the Reformed mix after college because I was like, I don't even know theology, right? I never cared about theology until like I got, I fell into the Reformed mix and they cared about theology. All I cared about was like Jesus the whole time. And then I got out because I was like, oh, you guys present a really mean God and there's no grace in here. And when I started doing the Rich Mullins movie, I got out. But anyway, um, I um, I can't tell you how many people I know that absolutely still believe in God, but left the church because of bad theology. And so I think, one, we're going to have to address, basically it's this. Like my friend and I that were talking online who's in this group, is I said this. I said, I said, I know what this, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be many levels to whatever this movement is. I said, but here's one of the things that it's going to be is we have to preach the gospel to the United States. Meaning like, so when we were, when we were growing up, it was like, this is pre-internet, right? So it was like, hey, we got to go all the nations of the earth because there's people that haven't heard about Jesus yet. Well, now, and I blame evangelicals because I'm biased, is um, evangelism 2020, United States, isn't about telling people who Jesus is. It's about telling people who Jesus isn't. And this one guy on this one page is the fruit right there. And that's just an example, but it's just so many, like as my theology has shedded and basically all I'm talking about is like anything that's inconsistent with Jesus. That's all I'm talking about. I'm not talking about making shit up. I'm not talking about like I'm making anything new up. These are all views that have always been in streams of Christianity since the very beginning, just not evangelicals, which is only 283 years old. Right? So this is nothing new, but for all of us, what we're seeing happening is, okay, so let me bring up a good point. Uh, not because it's mine, but because it's obvious. Uh, there's a lot of people that really know Jesus in evangelical churches. Like there's a lot of people with really bad theology that uh, really know Jesus. Yeah, of course. Like, Jesus has been working with people that have bad theology the whole time. I'm not worried about, um, you know, it's that same thing of, of G the motto from Jesus where he's like, I'm not here for um, the righteous, I'm here for the sick. I'm here for, I'm, I'm here for people that, um, that, actually, Nathan Clarkson just, just popped on. I think it was Nathan or, um, oh shit, no, so it wasn't Nathan. But Nathan and I have talked about the subject before. He's a great guy, by the way. Uh, Nathan's been in, uh, he's in the new movie God's Fool, and he's in uh, my, probably my favorite thing I've ever shot, which is The Lost Son, which is a, a little TV series we put together. Anyway, it was Brad Jerzak. It was the, if you've listened to the podcast that I did with Brad Jerzak, he he's almost responsible for like this fire and this 
revival I've been having in my heart, which is, um, which is like, you know, that's what our job is, right, David? I, I can't remember if this was on there or like a pre or post conversation, but I said, I said, what? And he goes, he goes, why I'm so obsessed with like telling people what like hell is and what hell isn't is because Jesus told us that we need to go get people out of hell. We need to save people from hell. And because evangelicals and so many others present this like fire insurance theology of like, this is something that'll happen later. And so, you know, you say this magic prayer and then you're safe from this thing is they sit back and I actually, uh, <laughs> I did this little sketch called uh, churchianity today. And, uh, it's so dumb, but, um, but it's basically like I made it right when COVID hit and it was basically like all the stupid views of like Christians who, and I, anyway, I sent it to Richard Rohr and he replied back. He's like, man, I love this because it, it underlines Christianity so much. Who's just willing to sit back and be content to let the watch the world burn. I got to a place a month ago where I was like, I just want to fucking be done. Like, all have this kind of private Christian life, but like, I'm so sick of fuck these fucking asshole Christians. I think part of what God has been hitting me with is um, this has always been the deal from Jesus to now. And, th and I'm more and more convinced why Jesus spent so much time of the Gospels when we only had four fighting with Pharisees is a part of this is going to be telling people what the Gospel isn't. In order to share the good news, you have to, you have to, um, you have to point and name call sometimes, just like Jesus, to go, this is not true. And um, I think there's one area where it is okay to be angry, and that is shame. Like, I find it so odd. Like, if people pay attention, because people have been accusing me that, of that too. They're like, well, you're mean. I'm like, yeah. They're like, you shame? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you're an asshole? Yeah. But look when I do it. I always do it. I always shame the shamer. I'm never mad at somebody because they have a belief. I'm never mad at somebody because they don't have a belief. I'm never mad at somebody, even if they admit that they struggle with self-righteousness or being a Pharisee. I only call out the Pharisee shit. And I'm not saying I do it perfectly or right or any of that. And if I don't, like, like I have an example of, like, I told somebody to fuck off just because I read their thing wrong and they were actually being really sweet to me and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> um anyway i think where my heart is wrecked tonight if i can be really honest is i think about a month ago and look i know i know by god's grace god has helped so many of you through me 
and through just this craziness over the last month. And here's why I was so wrecked. And, and by the way, I can give God the glory because if it wasn't me, it would have been somebody else. It would have happened because God is after all of us. Okay, so, but that piece aside, the reason I was wrecked tonight is I was like, oh, I almost didn't do anything. I almost just was like, God, give me a Hollywood career. Because what was going on there, yes, it was, I was fed up with Christians. I mean, honestly, doing the movies has been great, but it's almost been a pain in the ass because I've had to deal with so many religious assholes. And it's just a part of the fucking... You know what it is? If you're going to be somebody on the front lines telling people that God loves them, you're just going to have to deal with religious people telling people that God doesn't love them. See, in the scriptures where it talks about the, 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 um, the spiritual warfare that's going on isn't against flesh and blood, but it gets about the principalities and all of that. It's saying it's a heart issue is a part of the deal. But it's still fucking people. It's still fucking people telling people that they're going to hell. It's people telling people that, like, yeah, it is the same God who told Israel to kill the Canaanites. Yes, um, God is absolutely going to murder you um, uh, if you um, don't become a Christian before you die, but he loves you. See, we have to understand that, like, I, I was Mr. Theology Doesn't Matter. Right? Remember when Paul talks about I have become all things to all people in order to reach him, right? Everybody is different that that you will interact with in your world. Right? Um but what Brad Jerzak said to me that day was like, David, we gotta go pull people out of hell. Fucking rocked me. Remember uh as Sid wouldn't mind if I shared this, but Sid shared on the other day, oh he's Warner in the group, but Warner said on there in the group, he's like, I've been like so tempted to go back to the darkness. And in the threads, I was like, Sid, you know that's hell, right? Like, when Jesus mentions like hell, like, that's fucking hell. And Brent, it's not just for teens, man. Like, it's for fucking 40 and 50 year olds. See, uh, we're just getting old fast. Right? Like, I still feel like 20, but I'm 40. So so there's people that I know that are way older than me that, like, did leave when they're teens. So people started leaving statistically around the year 2000. Like, that's when the mass exodus of the American church started happening. So now what it is is it's pretty much anybody who's born now because, we again, you can almost date it by the Internet. Right? The Internet started in the late 80s, 95. What started happening? The year 2000, people started leaving. Right. So as soon as people had information, they started doing the math. So a good question is this. Why? Uh, why? Like one of my best friends is a reformed preacher. I know. Right. <laughs> but I was in the reform mix for a long time. And there's a lot of a lot of beautiful things happen there. A lot of really beautiful things, beautiful friendships. And. 
I can't remember if I asked this or I was told this. I think it was just listening and it jarred something that made sense to me. And it was like, why do some people who really get the same Jesus that you and I get, the one who's unconditionally loving? I mean, I know a Reformed pastor that literally puts out books about the love of God and has really fucked up, horrible theology about all these other things. It's because they they don't have a reason to change yet. The reason I started changing is we really started looking at these things is because I'm Jewish. And the day I got married, my Jewish grandpa, who's more like Jesus than anybody I ever met, died. And I went, nah, he's not in hell. No fucking way. And so evangelicals want to twist and turn it and say, like, oh, so you're saying it's being a good person gets you into heaven. No, I'm not saying that. Like, yeah, it's, you, don't, you don't pay God with your good works as an entrance exam into heaven. It means that, that like, this isn't magic, folks. This isn't, like, you know... Like when I was when I was uh, a couple like a month ago when I was arguing with everybody online until I stopped is they were like if they don't get saved and accept Jesus before they die they're rejecting God and I'm like I know you've never been allowed to do this before but I just want you to think like you can't reject somebody if you don't know that they're there it's not the same. So we know now with, with better theology that the, in the Bible it's, it's talking about trusting, right? So it means like to trust is still something you're going to have to do on the other side, folks. It's basically like getting – it's like for those of you that are married or it doesn't matter if you're married, ever had a relationship. It doesn't matter if you've ever, ever had like a romantic relationship, ever had a friendship. Anytime you have any type of relationship, there will come a time where you have to trust. Many of you have had to do that in the, in the group in the last few weeks. I mean, I'm so impressed how, uh, 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 so, how brave you guys have been. Um, I want to say, I think God's preparing you guys for something. I think God's preparing you to go bring people out of hell. It's going to be different for everybody, but it always comes back to this. God loves you. Um, I'm going to cut to the chase on some more things that I think will apply to some of you guys. Is This has been so great celebrating what's happened in the last month. But it almost didn't happen because it wasn't just that... I um, was fed up with Christians, although that was the gasoline on the fire. But I think what was happening there was this, I was sensing the spirit pushing me back to preaching. And I didn't want to for several reasons. One, I'm very insecure. Uh, I know at times I can be brave and loud and fierce, uh, but don't let that fool you. I am like, I know I can't spell, I know I can't do grammar, I know I talk like a Midwesterner. Um, I know I cry too much, I share too much, I'm too mean at times, I'm too whatever. Like, I don't have a theology degree, like, like I'm not as smart as 
a Tim Keller or, or uh, as faithful to Christ as like a Billy Graham. I'm not as um, uh, brave as a Mother Teresa or as dedicated as a Julian of Norwich. And um, I just go, I drink too much, smoke too much, and fight too much. Not me. You, you know, and not smart enough. Just not smart enough. Just none of that shit matters. Just none of that shit fucking matters. This is why Jesus has always used dumb people like me. Because what he's trying to say is it's not of you. Your power, my power is made best in, in your weakness. Why do you think the most people, the people that you're most going to reach in this life are going to be the people with your same scars? Hands down. If you've been molested, you're going to you're going to you're going to pull people out of hell that are living in the shame of being molested. Hands down, that's going to happen more than it. If you struggle with suicide like me, I, it was the craziest fucking thing. I made the movie about Ragamuffin and I couldn't I couldn't you won't even be able to understand it. I, we had more suicidal survivor stories come in from that movie. It didn't even make a fucking it's not about suicide. But that's my story. It just will fucking happen. You've been kicked out of the church for being gay. You are going to bring so much freedom to so many gay people that say, fuck you, God, if I can't be gay. And go, you're going to teach them two things. You're going to be one that's not of God. You absolutely can be gay. God made you gay. Go be gay, gay, gay. <laughs> right? Like Jesus fucking loves you. And you're also going to teach them not to find their identity in being gay. Right? Like, my identity is not in being a preacher, it's not in being straight, it's not in being a man, it's not in being a filmmaker, it's not going to be in any of that. My identity, like the only thing that's going to bring me peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, all of that, the only thing that's going to be me true fulfillment is my one identity, and that's a genderless identity, and that is as God's beloved child. You see, Jesus says, you know, and the thing is like, hey, whose wife is this going to be? And Jesus says, none of you are going to have fucking wives or husbands on the other side. What he's really saying there is you're not going to even have genitals. You're going to be like the angels. So, see, gender and sex and sexuality, it's, it's just so temporary, right? Like, we're all going to be dead in like 20 years. And then on the other side, the only thing that we're going to be is children of God. We'll have distinct personalities and all that. But the point is is like we still do have to fight to protect people right whether it's whether they're gay or whether um they're a mechanic <laughs> right like it doesn't fucking matter right like if somebody's like no mechanics in my town like we have to go defend the mechanics and go like uh i know why you think that but you're wrong like i know why people think that that you know being gay is a sin that's just wrong Right. And again, if you're here and you think that, you know, you have that opinion, I'm not trying to be mean. Just keep it to your fucking self. Not in this group. Because this is a no shame place. <laughs> so if you disagree, just keep it to yourself. Um, but it's not right now. If someone is um, is like, for example, let's say I let somebody babysit and they molest my kids. I'm going to. 
One, if it's a guy, I'm going to kick their ass. <laughs> but uh, I'm for sure going to uh, make sure they go to jail. But then I'm going to go to that jail and I'm going to tell them I forgive them. And I'm going to tell them that God loves them. And I'm going to tell them that their identity isn't in what they did to my kids. That their identity is a beautiful child of God. Now, that might take me a while. But that'll be the goal. That'll be the goal. So listen, whether you're gay or straight here, I want you to know neither is a sin. It's not, of course not. But neither should be your identity. Your identity should be as a child of God. I know some of you guys are finding your identity in things that are real sin, like maybe you've really hurt people. I have. Oh, my God. I've really hurt people. I, uh, matter of fact, tonight, what did I get called tonight? Oh, a racist. I called a racist. I made a joke like 10 years ago. It wasn't a racist joke. Uh, the, the person doesn't have a sense of humor. Didn't matter though, I heard him. But do you see how easily I could slip into, and yes, I know some of you are commenting that I'm a four in the Enneagram. Let's not go down that road yet. We just met. Let's just keep it. Let's keep the math out of this for a second. Um, but I could easily slip down the rabbit hole and go, I'm a, maybe I am a piece of shit racist like this person thinks. Do you see how identity is everything? Okay, so I want you to go to study this sometime this week. Like, Go to the scriptures where, G, where uh, Jesus is out in the desert and is tempted by the devil. The first thing that he questions is his identity. If you're truly the son of God, right? Or whatever he says. The first thing he goes after is his identity. A lot of times the reason that like what fucks us up. So like a month ago, right? Like God was calling me to like, I want you to start preaching again. And I'm like, nah, because the Christian has... But what, what was really going on deep down is I'm like, Jesus, you're not enough, so I need to make it as... Like, I made fucking ragamuffin, Brennan, God's fool. I've done the retreat every year for seven years. It's my time. Like, I want to try to make it on SNL. I got real close this year, by the way. I didn't make it. And it's just a struggle. It's a struggle to go like... I don't matter if I don't get a Hollywood career. Uh, my wife and a couple of friends and I were talking. We're like, I think that that's why part of why God's letting me be part of all this stuff here because my identity's not in it. Like I'm not defined by it. But anyway, go study that scripture because what was going on for me is like I need to I need to go try to make it as an actor so I can my identity remember when Jesus says abide in me and I'll abide in you and then and elsewhere he says I am the vine I, I um, I'm the vine you are a branch remain in me and I'll remain in you he's getting at the same thing over and over and over right this is all connected every time you see Jesus talking about dying right Luke 923 if you really want to come after me deny yourself take up your cross daily and follow me you have to understand this is none of this is fragmented, guys. I know you were taught that it was fragmented. Some of you, maybe, maybe not all, perhaps. None of this is fragmented, right? It's getting at the same thing. It's talking about, it's talk like I want you to imagine God like a waterfall, right? 
And so, like, uh, the waterfall is constantly, like, God's waterfall has the same mission, and it's go, to go right into your heart, right? But in your heart needs that waterfall to know who you are, right? And that's how you can have joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, all those things, because you know who you are, right? But the minute you go, well, no, I, it's, it's in being a filmmaker. Like you put up like a dam to that waterfall, and then now what your heart's trying to, your, but your heart can't live without that water. Your, your heart from God, who you really are, can't live without that constant. You can call it water, you can call it, I call it oxygen a lot, I call it gospel oxygen a lot. But it's all the same thing, the same concept. So whether it's water, whether it's oxygen, whatever it is, this heart has got to have that on a constant flow. Who am I? 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 Right? And the minute you put up a dam, right, and let's say the sin that was done to you or the sin that you've done. Some of you have done some real nasty shit, right? Like spent some time in prison for. Some of you have some real nasty shit done to you. Some of you guys have been fucking kicked out of the church, right? For If you're not gay and you don't know what that feels like, let's say somebody comes up to you and is like, oh, you got brown hair. You can't go to this church anymore. What? Yeah, not allowed here. But here's what happens, right? Now for the rest of your life, you're walking around and you're not the one who Jesus loves. You're the one who got kicked out of church. Like, I know what happened to you guys was wrong. But you're still finding your identity in the wrong thing. You're finding your identity as the victim, which I get. I do the, oh, man, I love the victim card. Oh, these motherfuckers, these fucking Pharisees, fuck these guys. I mean to them, but they were mean first. Like, you see what they, somebody called me a racist today. Fuck them. You know what I mean? Uh, I love this. Uh, I was listening, of course, I used to quote Rich Smalls, and now all I quote is Roar. Roar said this thing I really like. He said, he said, do you, uh, do you know why in the scriptures Jesus says, like, you know, you are so blessed when people call you names, insult you, and are, you know, gossip about you and slander you in my name. Do you know what he was trying to say? Um, and I always heard that in, in like, like kind of a, like a, uh, like, oh, go be a martyr for Jesus, <laughs> you know. But he was saying that, like, the reason it's that stuff's good when people are mean to you is because it's like somebody trying to teach you how to swim, and they throw you in the lake, and you're like, where am I going to go now? It's like, well, it's not safe up on this dock because everybody on this dock doesn't like you. We're going to call you names and we're going to throw you back in the water. And so what you have to do now is you have to go find a safe dock. Right? And so, like, that's what's good about the suffering of this world. That's what's good. And this is why I know, like... I'm not saying that there's not value in other religions and, and we're all just trying to figure out God and God's going to get us all in the end anyway. It doesn't matter. But this is why I know Jesus is a part of the deal is because Jesus is the one that, that represents, came to demonstrate unconditional love to the whole world. It's part of the deal because that's how we're made. Nothing, because everything dies, so nothing out there will last 
we're made. The only way we'll be okay is if something lasts. But no fucking relationship's gonna last because even if you found your notebook love of your life, they're gonna die one day. You know what I mean? Like, like, let's say those of you who are finding your identity in being straight or being gay, again, neither are a sin, but one day your genitals won't work anymore and what are you gonna do? <laughs> right? Not to be crass about it, but the point is like eventually everything you have on the flesh, right? Like if you're finding your identity and your job success, eventually you're going to fucking like have to quit or get retired. Like if you find your identity in like how beautiful you are, eventually you're going to do so much plastic surgery, you'll look like a Ken doll, like, or something that was melted in the microwave. Like the point is, is nothing's going to last. Even for those of you that are on a good stretch of highway right now, and some of you are, some of you are like, yep, the Holy Spirit's moving through me, and Jesus is great, and life's great, and love's great. It's like, well, you're on the fucking clock. You're on the clock. And that's how, and that, and that's why I think that God was okay with this, because one, he knows the end of the story, so he's going to get us all in the end anyway, he's, or at least he's never going to stop trying. He's going to get us in, because how could you resist? Right. As GK, I think it was GK Chesterton said, all that sin is, is looking for the right things in the wrong places. Right. So that's why God's going to win in the end is because like we're going to one day learn everything that we were looking for in our sexuality or our job or our or or uh, uh, booze or whatever the fuck. Right. We're going to end up going, wait, what I really wanted is that God actually has that. Oh, it's easy. I'll take God. So the encouragement that I have, do you remember how I told you to start praying earlier? So what I want you to start doing is I want you to pray. Like, you know one of those extension cords that has like 10 plugins, right? And you got like 10 plugins, right? Like, you have plugins that aren't plugged into Jesus right now. And again, I'm not trying to shame you. Guys, I've got plenty that aren't plugged into Jesus right now. But a part of growth, part of the process of growth is recognizing, right? So let's do some recognizing. Let's just start praying. God, for everybody who's on right now, just the small group of us, not to shame us. Again, here's how you can tell God's voice from your voice or a different voice is there's no shame. There's never shame in God's voice. Right? Like if there's correction, you'll run to it. If it's correction and you run from it, it's usually because it's shame. Now, you may not be ready for it, but you'll listen. Like a loving counselor. Oh, is that what I need to do? Okay, okay. Uh. Now, you may not do it, but like God's voice never has shame. So, yeah, Father God, where, where, where are areas in our life where we're not connected to you? Meaning, let's ask him, God, are there areas in my life right now and in my brother's and sister's life that's I'm finding, man, I, you, you might even be finding your identity, something I'm getting right now is you might be finding your identity in being the good Christian. You might be finding your identity in being the encourager or the hospitality person or the person who always like 
says great comments in the threads or wise pontificate or being funny or being charming or being sexy or whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter. It, and again, I'm not saying that any of those things are bad at all. You just don't want to be defined by them. And if you're an addict, which I think all of us are, it's just a, it might be like, I have to watch Bachelor every season. Like, I think my wife's an addict with The Bachelor. Um, I'm for sure an addict with cigarettes, although I only had one pack this week. Um, but I went two months without. But that two months without, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm an addict. I, like... It's, 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 when you, it's when you start, like, craving something or you're not going to be okay. So what areas in your life are you, do you feel, like, a little anxiety over? And again, um, there's no shame in this. There's no shame in this. Okay, so... Um, the exercise we're going to do, you may have to do 20 times a day. I want, you to, I want you to see all of those things like they're like plugs. And just one by one, I want you to see Jesus right next to you. I'm seeing him right here. You, yes, you're allowed to use your imagination. What else do you think that faith is? Being certain of what you hope for. Right? See Jesus. Put those plugs in his hand. Once we're free of um, all this bad theology shit and we're not trying to feel that weight of that pressure like we're, we have to be the ones to get people into heaven, like their eternal destiny, all you have to do is point people to love. And if people aren't ready to hear Jesus, I just tell them like, okay, well, whatever compass you're using, head towards unconditional love because that's all they're ready to hear see my friends you you like one of my lines from Rich Mullins that I always liked is it was like oh so you uh, you're in the ministry you're, you're thinking about quitting the music business going to the ministry and he goes ah, I think saying a Christian minister is redundant or saying you know, that's it, what a Christian is, is you're a, you're a minister. And so it's just a part of the deal, right? It, what it is, like when you are a lover of God, is it's like, it's like your loving parent gave you a piece of chocolate and somebody's standing right next to you. And it's like, and they don't have anything to eat. <laughs> that's all it is.
right? So you will see people and once you can get your head and again, some most maybe all of you don't really struggle with this as much as me. I just always thought I had to save people's souls. That's not why I did it though. I did it because I was like, no, God's love, God is real, and His love is real, and it's what's it's what saved me. And I never really thought about where I'd go when I died. I was really like, no, it saved me from killing myself. I matter to somebody. I matter to God. So, I just want to encourage you that 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 you don't have to go save the world, but you might be able to save your world and not their soul when they die. I mean, share the, share the candy bar with them. You've got it. You've, all of you are, all 14 of you are on here right now because you know the candy bar. There'd be no other fucking reason for you to waste your time listening to me except that God's love excites you. And that's why you're on right now. So go show, share the candy bar with people. And, and here's the thing. I just, you just, we just were all taught so fucking bad. Which is because, like, we were taught so fucking bad because we thought every souls were in our hands. We were taught about how to evangelize to people really bad. You know why God says just all you got to do is love God and love people? Is because, I know this is too mystical maybe. For some of you, it's, it's, I think it's too mystical for me. God is literally in every piece of love you give to somebody. So even though, like, to you, you're like, I just fucking made my neighbor's cookies. Like, I, I didn't get to walk through Roman's Road with them. Remember Roman's Road? If anybody grew up with that shit? I don't understand it. But God is literally in those cookies. God is literally in the interaction with you and the neighbor as you gave those cookies. Like, fucking just love everybody. And here's the crazy, this is why people blow off, like, the idea of how good God is. Because it just sounds too easy. It's like, that's his plan for the world is just to love people. You know that, right? Like, I think the reason that agnostic was like listening to what I had to say is like, I didn't try to make him feel like shit for what he believed. He's like, oh, I think that's too crazy. I was like, I get it. That does sound crazy. I don't believe in that God either. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, like you think that God's a monster? I was like, I don't believe in that. And then even if like points of like tension, I was like, well, I get it, man. I love you. That's all That's all your job is to do. This is why, like, most of the evangelical church fucked up so much, because they were just trying to get us to believe the right things and behave the right ways. And it's like, guys, you're making it too fucking complicated. All you got to do is tell people to love people and let God love you. The rest will shake down just fine. So what I'm going to do right now is... Um, I'm, uh, I've got a, I've got a half an hour, whether one or two or three of you want to hop on, but I'm going to close this up. I'm going to post it. And then I don't know if any rooms are open right now on the Ragamuffin Church group, meaning I might have to start one. But when you go to the homepage of the Ragamuffin Church group, 
click on rooms and it'll say in there one person's in there it'll be me or a couple whatever and if anybody wants to do a little Q&A um, I like to do my Q&A's real productive um, we can have shoot the shit times later but I know we're all, it's like fucking Sunday we're all real fucking tired so like if you come in there come in there like with something now you can be a fly on the wall if there's more than one but like like we're not in there to like tonight at least to shoot the shit like because I don't have a lot of time we'll have shoot the shit times for sure just tonight if you come in there like you could be attached for prayer it could be to like you know a question not that I'll have a fucking answer for you but you can ask a question um you can come in there and say nothing but I'm just saying that like like don't come in there and be like so what's your favorite music David it's like I love you, Bill, but I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> and not trying to be a dick, what I'm saying is is that, like, when we do Q&As after the sermon, it's like, somebody might really want to talk about some shit. And we want to be open for that. Um, but again, those of you that do just want to shoot the shit with me, we'll have shoot the shit times, for sure. Um, and any of you, at any time, can reach out to me personally. Um, and... Yeah, so I'm going to hop off now, start a room. If there's not one open, if there's one open, I'll hop in there. And hope to see you in there. Bye.